There is an unspoken rule of sorts that children's movies are there to comfort and entertain their target audience. The hero is in some sort of obvious mild peril, but will rise up and save the day with the help of his friends and sidekicks. The danger is never overtly threatening. The potential for childhood trauma is so slight that the parents need not pay too much attention to the ins and outs of the plot on the screen. However, in the 1980s, Hollywood must have lost that memo that said these movies should comfort and entertain. Because, in this decade, movies like Something Wicked This Way Comes, Watcher in the Woods, The Black Cauldron, Return to Oz, The Dark Crystal and The Neverending Story found their way into the eye sockets, imaginations and nightmares of children all over the globe. And as the 1990s rolled around, and a new age of Disney innocence came into force to reset the rules to those time-tested, warm blankets of sappy celluloid, Nicholas Roge would usher in one last horror hurrah, which would scar the unsuspecting minds of children for years to come. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish and you're listening to Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Ignition. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, liftoff. Welcome back to Season 2 of Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. I'm your host, Duncan McLeish, and this is the penultimate episode in Season 2 of the show. In the last episode, we looked at the 1977 witch movie Suspiria, and in this episode, we continue our journey into witchcraft and European horror cinema by looking at the witches from 1990. If this is your first time listening to Chronicle Podcast, please go back and listen to our debut episode. It sets the stage for what's to come on Season 2. Can I thank everyone who's checked out this second season of the show and left me all the kind words of support and feedback on Facebook. A group page may only be small in numbers, but the voices of those that are members are loud and passionate about horror cinema, and I am immensely proud to be back with this new season of six episodes every two weeks. To join the Facebook group page for the show, please head over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash chronicle podcast. Like I said a few minutes ago, This season of Chronicle is exclusively focused on witchcraft and European horror cinema, and we still have some incredible, weird and downright disturbing movies to cover in the remaining episodes. And unlike all the episodes covered in Chronicle podcast date, this movie choice is one that was released for children all over the world. 
Ironically, some of the imagery in Nicholas Roji's 1990 adaptation of the Roald Dahl classic The Witches is some of the most traumatic witch imagery ever committed to film. But how did a director known for his flair in art house abstract cinema come to direct one of the more dark Dahl tales? You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. Roald Dahl is a curious author whose dark tales have enthralled, captivated and terrified generation after generation of children. His stories evoke, at times, the best of Grimm's fairy tales and have a dark morality which reminds the reader what happens to children who misbehave. Like the way a parent will tell a misbehaving child that you better behave or the bad man will come and get you. And whilst his body of work is a treasure trove of the sweet and saccharine of stories like Matilda, well, let's not forget the dark edges in books like the BFG and, of course, the witches. In fact, if you take the cinematic adaptations of Dal's kids' books, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from 1971 and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory from 2005, the BFG from 1989 and 2016, Danny the Champion of the World from 1989, James and the Giant Peach from 1996, Matilda from 1996 and Fantastic Mr Fox from 2009, the adaptation of The Witches from 1990 truly highlights the darkest visions of the author and the heightened dangers of its director Nicholas Roge. Rose would be an interesting choice of director for the witch's big screen adaptation, as his filmography was painted with sexually charged thrillers the likes of Don't Look Now. When you consider that this director, known for his disjointed narrative structures and penchant for forcing the audience to endure every second of discomfort, beauty and sorrow a filmic story can convey was going to adapt a book that was listed 22 on the American Library Association's Challenged or Banned Books list. It almost makes you wonder what sort of movie the studio execs and financiers thought they were going to get. Rose knew that this movie had the potential to scar a generation. While working on the dailies at home, his son accidentally came into the room and caught a glimpse of the movie on the screen. Rose would later tell in his memoir, The World is Ever-Changing, that his son was so traumatised that he ran around and sat at the back of the TV screen. Rose would later recall in his memoirs that... If a parent was reading a story to a child and saw that the child was getting nervous or upset, he could shut the book. But once you take someone to the cinema and put them in a seat, you frighten the bejesus out of them. So what's the movie about? Whilst on holiday with his grandmother Helga in Norway, Luke Evesham, played by Jason Fisher, is regaled with stories of witches who have a hatred of children. 
He's told that the reason the witches despise children is that to them, children have an obnoxious smell akin to dog feces. His grandmother insists that these tales are true, as when she was a child, a girl who lived near to her was captured by a witch and cursed to spend the rest of her life entrapped inside a painting, ageing until the day she disappeared completely. Luke's parents are accidentally killed in a car accident and Helga becomes his guardian and they move to an idyllic location in England. One day, Luke is building a treehouse when he is stopped and spoken to by a witch who tries to coerce him into coming closer and speaking to him. However, Luke has been warned how to spot a witch by his grandmother and sees through this offer. Luke's birthday comes soon after and his grandmother falls ill with the visiting doctor advising that a holiday and relaxation near the sea will help. They book to stay at a seaside hotel where Luke meets a rotund but harmless boy by the name of Bruno Jenkins played by Charlie Potter. The two boys are observed and instantly disliked by the hotel manager, Mr Stringer, played by Ron Atkinson, after Luke's mouse frightens one of the hotel maids who is engaged in an affair with Stringer. Luke and his grandmother have picked the worst time to vacation at this hotel, as the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children are having their AGM. This isn't really the Royal Society, rather a group of witches using this organisation as a guise. In attendance at this meeting, the Grand High Witch played by Angelica Houston, who is the leader of all the witches in the world, and she is chairing this meeting. Luke accidentally stumbles into the hotel ballroom where the witches are having their meeting and discovers they have a new plan against children. The Grand High Witch shows the mass of witches that she has developed a line of candies and sweets that when consumed by children will turn them into mice. Bruno is brought out on stage and the Grand High Witch tells of an encounter she had with Bruno earlier where he consumed some of the chocolate laced with the formula. As planned, the formula in the chocolate works and Bruno is turned into a mouse in front of the audience. However, he manages to escape before the witches can step on him to squish him. Luke is caught spying on the witches and is also forced to drink the potion, turning him into a mouse. He also manages to escape and reunites with Bruno and his grandmother. He explains the witches' plan. Luke then devises a plan which will kill all the witches. His plan is that he will steal the serum from the Grand High Witch's room and lace their soup with it. The plan works and all the witches turn into mice except Miss Irvin, who is the Grand High Witch's assistant. All the mice are stepped on and killed, with exception the Grand High Witch who dies at the hands of Mr Stringer's cleaver knife. We fast forward to Luke, who's still a mouse, and his grandmother back at the family home. A delivery arrives which Luke has sent to the house. It's the Grand High Witch's possessions, a trunk and has lots of money and an address book with all the addresses of the witches in the United States of America. 
Luke thinks he can use this book and money to travel and wipe out all the witches. That night, as his grandmother weeps over Luke being confined to mouse form, Miss Irvin arrives to the house and turns Luke back into a boy before leaving to change Bruno back as well. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. I don't think I'm stepping out of line by saying that The Witches is the last great Nick Roge movie. The tone and style drip of that dreamy, woozy feeling that permeates most of Roge's standout movies. Fish-eyed lenses, trippy angles and wonderfully bleak sequences shot against beautiful scenery can all be found here. It captures the darkly sadistic comedic tones of the Dal source material whilst truly bringing real horror into the darkest, most savage parts of the movie. Ultimately, Jim Henson's creature design on particularly Angelica Houston's Grand High Witch is one of the standout pieces of practical makeup and prosthetic effects of 1990s cinema, if not one of the best in the witch genre overall. Houston is incredible in this role, revelling in the delightful wickedness of her character and openly wanting to spend up to 8 hours in makeup and effects each day to deliver the best, most sadistic performance possible. Still kind of weird that I'm saying these words describing a kid's movie, isn't it? However, The Witches, like so many movies featured on Chronicle Podcast, wouldn't set the world alight. Although the movie scored high amongst critics of the time, Roger Ebert, the foremost critic of the time, saying that the movie was intriguing, ambitious, inventive and almost worth seeing just for Angelica Houston's obvious delight in playing the completely uncompromised villainess. And the movie achieving somewhat of a cult status now it doesn't reflect what happened at the time as the movie bombed at the box office, leaving after a very short, unsuccessful cinematic run. The movie didn't garner much adoration from the author either. Although Roge originally made two endings for the movie, the one that made the theatrical cut with Luke being turned back into a boy, he also did the alternative ending, the original ending, which was featured in the book where Luke is confined to the body of a mouse forever. The test audiences of the time would not favour the book ending. They went for the, shall we say, Hollywood Undal-esque ending. Roald Dahl had been shown the original ending, which was the book ending, in the cut that was screened to him. And apparently, when it finished, he wept tears of joy. His story might appear to have a sad ending, but in truth, Luke is the happiest he's ever been in the form of a mouse. When Dal was shown the theatrical cut of the movie, he would call it utterly appalling because of the ending change, even going so far as requesting his name be removed from it. Dal's condemnation of the witches aside... Nick Roge's work on The Witches captures the best of the novel, 
It captures the bleak comedic tones that Roald Dahl would pepper through most of his works and at the same time brings about all the whimsical joy that you want from a kid's movie. It certainly had an impression on me the first time I saw it at the tender age of 12 years old. Its enduring legacy and importance in cinema is that it is the last truly scary kids movie. And whilst Nick Roge has went on to direct work of varying quality, the director's back catalogue is nothing short of formidable. The Witches being his last full cinematic release is a damn fine movie to go out on. You're listening to Chronicle Podcast. Stay with us. And you've been listening to Chronicle Podcast, and this has been Season 2, Episode Number 5, and we have looked at Nicholas Roger's The Witches from 1990. As always, can I thank everyone who has supported the show, shared, liked, and left reviews on iTunes. This is the best way to support this podcast and make sure we bring you more content in the months to come. Remember, it only takes a few seconds to leave feedback on iTunes, and the more of it we get, the higher in the charts we will be featured for other horror fans like yourself to find this show. A huge thanks to Von Herzog for the intro and outro music featured on Chronicle Podcast. Please go over and support his work. And as always, a list of all the artists whose music was featured on this episode will be listed in the show notes. The version of this movie used for review on this episode was the DVD release. We can only hope and pray, fingers crossed, that someone will eventually release this movie in glorious Blu-ray. Please remember that we have a Facebook group page that you can join and contact me by visiting facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash chronicle podcast. Could I also take a very short second here just to thank everyone who checked out the debut episode of my brand new show Opera Omnia on Legion Podcast Network. And while you were checking out that one, can I recommend another show? Because Chronicle Podcast is exclusively available on Legion Podcast Network and it is surrounded by a multitude of fantastic shows. This week I recommend for you that you check out the Exploding Heads podcast. Whilst this show is new to the Legion Podcast Network, it has existed for some time now with its fantastic hosts getting down and dirty in the world of horror cinema. Focusing on old and new in the genre and mixing up the shows with looks at the best movies year by year, they are not only a welcome addition to the network, but a must listen for fans of horror cinema and horror podcasting. That's the Exploding Heads podcast, now available on legionpodcast.com. And finally, if you want to listen to more of me talk horror, then you can check out my other show, The Podcast Under The Stairs, at tputzcast.com or over on iTunes. Chronicle Podcast was written, recorded and produced by me for you. Join me in two weeks' time on this season finale as we cover our first horror comedy on Chronicle Podcast. Closing out Season 2, we look at Witching and Bitching from 2013, directed by the wonderfully weird Alex D'Iglesia. 
But until the next time, remember, we belong far less to where we've come from than where we want to go. This is Duncan McLeish from Chronicle Podcast, an almanac of old world horrors. Until the next time. Ignition. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 